Hello, good evening, and welcome to Deep V's for Vendetta. This is the show where we talk about societal turning points. I'm your host, Speedo Josh, and I'm joined this week by Larry Blyder of That Larry Show. Larry, how you doing this evening? I'm great. I'm great, Speedo Josh. Thank you. And you are a big Doomsday guy. You've done a bunch of episodes of your own podcast <laughs> yeah. about Doomsday. Yeah. About what's going to happen and destroy society and all of that. Yes. So I'm thrilled to have you on and pick your brain about all of your, oh, man. every single thought you have of the matter. Oh, that's good. That's slim pickings, my friend. <laughs> it's been picked at a lot. <laughs> and there was never that much there to begin with. So <laughs> get a pony. So I'm sure there's not giving yourself enough credit. Uh, uh, now, is there anything... In the news today, anything in particular you want to start with, or should I just start asking uh, uh, asking questions? Oh God, um, you, you could you could ask away. Go, go ahead, I'll just I'll try to you know. Well, just as a, as a talking point, let's. Um, what are your thoughts on all the recent stuff happening with Iran? And that that seems to have de-escalated oh. quite a bit in the last you know couple of weeks. But yeah, what, what's your opinion on the whole situation? I, uh, it's pretty funny. The whole, it's uh, that World War Three just came and went so fast. It was amazing. And I, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> like two days. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what, what I thought of that one. Um, some years ago, I, uh, was, you know, occasionally I dabble in the Hollywood realm and I was running down a story, uh, of a guy that I found, um, who was uh, living in uh, Little Havana in Cuba. He was a retired, uh, commercial airline pilot. Hell of a guy. He'd written a book back from the time of the Bay of Pigs, that whole, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis thing. <clears throat> a fascinating guy. And uh, in the course of sort of gathering this, uh, the elements of the story together, uh, he turned me on to a couple of uh, long-retired CAA guys, okay? Okay. Um, and they were, they were great. I mean, they were, you know, they were, I didn't, didn't meet them in person, but we had lengthy phone conversations. And one of them said to me, you know, this the whole thing of the, uh, the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis showdown, uh, this guy said it was complete bullshit that um, there, was, there was no way uh, that, the, that uh, the Cubans or, the, or even the Russians had any way to possibly match our firepower. And it was kind of amped up by the media and the press. And so I remember hearing that from him and thinking, wow, you know, is that possible? Well, then look at this Iran thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's a joke. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a mosquito a dive bombing an elephant. You know, it's ludicrous. But people love to people love to have that. They've always there's a certain faction of of the American public who will always revel in the idea of capitulation or annihilation, and they're always on the side of capitulation, <laughs> even if there is no yeah. annihilation. The media, especially mainstream news media, is just going to sensationalize everything. Mm -hmm. uh, news cycle is going to pass over it in a couple of days. People are going to forget about it, not care about yeah. it. That's yesterday's news. Yes. And uh, that seems to have been exactly the case with Iran. Yeah. Now, uh, and I'm sure you'd say similar things about uh, whatever happened with North Korea the last few years and our uh, tense relationship sure. with them. Uh, and, but, but I'm wondering capitulation over sorry how did you phrase it uh, capitulation over or or annihilation and that's that's been kind of the the the, the cry of uh, most of the media for the longest time i mean it's amazing how how they love to fear and knuckle under to forces of which they even have no concept of their power or lack of it okay but but do you think that annihilation is going to come at any point? No, that's absolutely no? not okay absolutely no. not no it's not even it's not even in the realm of possibility no uh, okay, so with no annihilation coming, how 
how do you reconcile, how do you think that all of the disputes, all of the uh, stark political uh, just divisions across America and the world, and how do you think all of those were, well, let's start out with that. Let's start out with the, the divisions between the left and the right in America, sure. just uh, okay. in general, or right. we can touch on specific things, but in general. How do you mm-hmm. think that will resolve or look in 10 years if there's not going to be any uh, drastic annihilation or conflict? I, I don't know, um, really. But it's I, I suspect, barring some cataclysm, um, that it's if, if there's a, to be a, a pendulum swing in the, uh, in the political winds of America, um, it's going to take probably as long to to retrace the steps from the starting point to get back there. So let's say, you know, somewhere in the, in the uh, early 60s, um, a very, a very virulent uh, uh, part of, of a faction of, of leftism really began to, to pick up speed. Um, and it primarily it started where it usually started, on college campuses, right? And that has been percolating now for uh, better than half a century, and it seems like it is, it is blossoming um, now. I mean, it's, it was inconceivable even 10, 20 years ago that a guy like Bernie Sanders could have any traction at all. He'd be considered a kook, and, a nut, and, there, and there were always were uh, Bernie Sanders. I think there was a guy called... Uh, what the hell was his name? Lincoln. So I can't remember. I think his first name was Lincoln. Either his first or last name was Lincoln, um, and he was the, he was the forever American Communist Party candidate, and he was a joke. Well, Bernie's not really. He's not really a joke. Well, he's a joke, but well, okay. He, he, okay. But but yeah, Bernie's hugely popular. Uh, yeah. The Democratic Party doesn't seem to support him, or, or mainstream news media doesn't seem to support him. But. Uh, I think he does tend to pull top one or two for you know, all these uh, uh, primary deba- debates, and yeah. even into the the previous election cycle, uh, 2016, yes. he he arguably may have been a better candidate than Hillary to uh, to beat Trump or to represent the Democratic Possibly. Party. Possibly, possibly. So, uh, he uh, he may be a kook in a lot of the stuff he says, but that has traction now. So mm-hmm. that's that's a, that's another question. That's something I think yeah. you brought up uh, previously is okay. um, whether or not you want to call Bernie a socialist or what he represents uh, having some some roots in socialism or or yeah. uh, more drastic social programs and social yeah. welfare style uh, uh, advancements. <clears throat> do you think that's gained a lot of traction in the U.S.? Or do you think people actually want that or voting for that are going to support that and give their tax dollars to that? I think some people are. I think I think there's a you know there's a there's a substantial uh, number of people out there who really are unaware and they don't understand how it all works. That's really what it is. I mean, and and as far as Bernie calling himself, he can call himself a socialist. He can call himself a democratic socialist, which I think is what Mao called himself. He can call himself a pro- <laughs> he can call himself a progressive. He can call himself the good humor man. He can call himself, you know, um, a- anything he wants. What he is is, a, you know, he's a, it's all the same thing. I mean, I always love that when I talk about this and I'll say, you know, I don't like communism. Well, it's not communism, socialism. It's like, no, 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 no. You telling me that is like me telling me, uh, oh, that's that's not that's not Pepsi. It's Pepsi Light. No, it's the same thing. It's fizzy colored water. It is what it is. And these people who try to parse it and, and shade it and color it are simply full of crap. It's all the same thing. Well, do you think that... Um, so? It's fundamentally fundamentally different from democracy and what we have in America right now. But do mm-hmm. you think America could adopt uh, some 
socialist communist system with the the current constitutional rendition of america do you think we could uh have something that that is recognizable as socialism any at any point in the future well i think we have large elements of it right now okay tell me more about california (laughs) (laughs) exactly yes the people's republic of california precisely and and i might add you know i have a i have a family back in connecticut it's very much the same way i'm probably massachusetts's sure looks like virginia is doesn't it um the whole that whole carter that whole that whole uh uh, Mid-Atlantic Carter, even on up into New England. I mean, it's become, and then you've got, uh, you know, the the, the, the uh, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, and so forth. It's it's not just little pockets anymore, and it's not just as they call coastal elites. It seems to be pretty widespread, and uh, and gaining more and more traction. Well, you're saying something about um, how all of the country, a lot of um, you know, centers of the Midwest, uh, like you'd mentioned, Minnesota and Wisconsin, are becoming. Um, much more liberal or getting uh, uh, infected by the big cities and that that thought um yeah so that's that's something that's moving forward to something that uh it's it's becoming very widespread a lot of these uh progressive let's let's uh, say as a generalization that sort of lifestyle uh, ideology um yeah coming to a lot of places in the midwest and there's kind of no restriction or nothing stopping it from you know, expanding further it does seem that way i mean um I guess you'd have to to find a true historian to uh, to determine if yes. the uh, you know sort of the path of leftism has ever been so uh, so predominant or I want to say it predominant is. but uh, has grown as such a clip as it is now maybe maybe okay. back before the depression or right after I don't know it's always been times when it is kind of right. opt- well I shouldn't say there always been it wasn't always, wasn't always an option but uh, it certainly seems to be gaining popularity. Um, or, or in many corners of the country. Okay, so, and like I don't know. you said, you may not have, uh, necessarily have the answer to whether or not that's uh, uh, or why that's happening, or whether or not it's happened to this extent in the past. But do you have any uh, well, ideas yeah. why it's uh, it's happening, or why why we're seeing this cultural movement? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I, I I put uh, most of the blame on the educational okay. system. Um, um, first of all, most educators are very far to the left, anywhere from preschool to uh, grad school, yep. you know, um, and they they feel that um, most of them feel that it's not just their job to teach, but to also preach. <laughs> um, very bad idea. You know, I in high school, I, had a, I remember having a, a course in poli sci. And the guy that taught it was excellent. I mean, he really gave everybody in the course of that that class, a, a good understanding of how the American government system works. And a couple of months into it, I remember saying to a pal of mine, hey, you know, is this guy, what is he, you know, what, what, where's, where does he, what side of the fence is he on? Nobody knew. No one could tell. The guy never gave the slightest clue as to where his political sentiments lay. And that was one goddamn good teacher. They should all be just like him. Unfortunately, that's a good characteristic to have as a person, and too. <laughs> as a person as well. Well, except for guys like me who are opinionated okay. assholes. But, but, <laughs> but, but no, really, you know, but that's not my job. I'm not here to teach. I'm here to entertain and shoot my mouth off, you know. Um, but that guy, he, that, that's how it should be. So um, 
and the other the other blame I would put not just on the teachers themselves, but the the curriculum. Okay, what's the what's the catchphrase or the acronym? Not de jour, but the decade or or beyond. STEM. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. How does STEM help anybody figure out whether somebody's bullshitting or not? What do you mean? Well, science, tech, uh, uh, engineering, yes. and math. Okay. Okay. How do any of those disciplines equip uh, someone to listen to any political candidate and determine whether they're full of shit or telling the truth? Okay, that's that's a very good point. I've I've heard it argued or explained uh, various times that the point of college is teaching kids how to read and like whatever uh, arts and science school of arts and sciences majors people have the history English uh, poli sci a lot of that content is reading and writing essays. But I went to school right. for mechanical engineering, the core of STEM. Right. And we barely right. read anything. And it's and any of right. my uh, education and learning whether or not people are bullshitting and reading people is entirely outside of school. That's not something that was you know part of the curriculum. Right. It's not something I didn't have to learn critical thinking skills in school other than you know the, the critical yep. thinking that comes with uh, mathematical problem solving and uh, that that sort of right. thing. So that's a very good point. And what well well. There's definitely demand in, in our modern world for people having these STEM majors and these uh, expertise in these disciplines. Oh uh, yeah, but I mean, sure. How do you do? You, do you recommend some? Uh, I guess more well-rounded education. Do you recommend some? What, what would you recommend oh, yeah. to uh, try and you know stem off or uh, fight off this problem? You know, I think really, if I was if I was in school myself, I'd probably or you know, urge my kids to, to go down that path because God knows that's where the jobs yep. are. The well-paying um, jobs. And uh, well-paying jobs that are real people actually doing something. Um, all of the things that are not STEM in your classic liberal arts are a hell of a lot more subjective. Um, but I think, a, a, you know, problem with the with too much emphasis on STEM is a lack of certainly uh, history you know, I mean, I, you, you see these things all the time of people asked, you know, people in their 20s, for Christ's sake, uh, you know, when when was World War Two fought? Oh, yeah. The, you the... Know, 1776. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. The lack of understanding or of, of people the general populace has of even American history. They have no idea. None. And the whole thing, the whole creeping Marxism, they have no idea that 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 political and economic system has resulted in, you know, somewhere around 100 million deaths by now. They, they're clueless. No idea. Yeah, whether it be the Dick Show, War Games, Ask Your Wife, Girlfriend, Mother, When These Falling Wars yes, Happen. Yes, that, that, that Whether it's, it's that <laughs> yeah. or it's uh, some Jimmy Kimmel man of the street sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, Kimmel do it too, uh, sure. Like, as, as much straight-up comedy that is, it's also decent commentary on what's happened well, like you know what people think what people know what sort of uh you know what's going on yeah. in our society and i i can relate to that a bit because again engineering background i didn't take a single history class in college i took uh, and i took history through like what sophomore right. junior year in high school and the say for example mm -hmm. american history almost everything i know about world war one yes. is from the dan carlin series on that the the hardcore history dan carlin right. podcast and because that was just a big gap right. in my education, I never never read about it, and I, I just happened not to have seen uh, like many movies yes. or TV or uh, read any books that happened to take place during that time or whatever. So there's there are plenty of other huge gaps in my knowledge of history, and I'm, I'm trying to catch up slowly. But it's uh, 
history like as much of a as a as much of a cliche as uh the the phrase those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it is there's there's you know there's a lot yes. to be learned there especially like you're saying when it comes oh, yeah. to marxism socialism and and that sort of uh cultural shift that sort of um you know mindset mentality no question about it um definitely people um they just have no understanding i always believe that that there are when it comes down to it, people that who are firmly on the left and the communist socialist uh, part of the equation only only come in two varieties: uh, naive or ignorant, and evil. Okay. And the ones who really know what it's about, <laughs> they they know what the end game is. They know how it's all going in and out. They're evil. They want the power. They don't give a shit what happens, and. Uh, that's that would describe Bernie. I don't buy into his doddering old man, nutty professor persona. That is a well-tuned act. That guy is evil. Yeah, it's uh, I I may not paint him as directly as evil uh, personally, but I don't like a lot of things about him. I think he's very manipulative, and he's very like that's mm. that's that's my problem with him. Whenever Terribly. I hear him speak, he does a lot of things. Yes. Oh, do the right thing. You know what the right thing is. You will vote for this, this because this is yeah. you know what the, for the greater good. It's it's what you should be doing, and right. it's uh, I, I think it's very right. manipulative. I think it's very uh, disingenuous, and I it sets me off the wrong way. And that's that's my main problem yeah. with him. And uh, you know, you are identifying that and other traits as being evil, and <clears throat> uh, that's I I won't argue with that. But uh, that's. <laughs> Definitely good commentary on, on him and you know where politics are going these days. But um, I, I kind of want to branch oh, off yeah. of that and go. So so sure. you don't think we're going to have some annihilation or apocalypse event or some second civil war or whatever? But wouldn't that be oh, fun? <laughs> <laughs> I you know I do. A, I've done a probably like a dozen. I, I actually have something. I put it together. My show is called the Doomsday Suite, and I went back. I've got I'm well over like almost two hundred and seventy episodes now, and probably a solid dozen of them. Um, where we're concentrated around various doomsday scenarios, oh, yeah. you know, and it's a lot of fun because it gets to reboot the hard drive, you know, and you never, you never see chicks are never into that. Guys are because what's, what's happened to, to guys over the last century, you know, we've been, we've been, uh, we've been emasculated. Uh, you got, you got enormous, you know, NFL lineman type guys with tremendous physical abilities are sitting, you know, tapping keyboards with headsets eight hours a day for a living. You know, it's gotta be driving them nuts. Um, so the apocalypse is an opportunity for everyone to, you know, man up, grab a weapon, and do what we were designed to do. Yeah, the, the image <laughs> so, you described there reminds me of uh, The Incredibles. Um, the you know that good old yeah, Pixar movie right. where you got yes. a superhero and this enormous yeah. guy in a tiny cubicle working in insur yeah. insurance, and you know yeah. he, when he gets gets an opportunity, gets a glimmer of hope to to be regain his yeah. former glory and the you know, fight physically as a man. He takes it, and you know it's. Uh, some, yes. In some cases, it involves apocalyptic events and having to save the city, and you know causing that almost uh, himself. But yeah. uh, that's that, that's a, a you know something that you know, another commentary, another a uh, something that's inside all of us. We that, that reset button, that uh, coming back to former sure. glory, all all of that. Oh yeah, that was a brilliant piece of work, and um, you know Brad Bird was pretty. Uh, courageous in doing that and i guess uh, he wouldn't have gotten to do number two had it not performed so well at the box office um because the messages in that movie were antithetical <laughs> to a lot of what hollywood prefers 
Um, but it did really well. It was really clever. I watched that with my kids several times, and I've never watched movies twice. Yeah, I watched it with my parents a bunch of yeah. times, and that's. Um, I think it's a good point that, or well, uh, kind of. I, I don't know if Hollywood would accept that today. Or I think someone would write one article uh, pointing out those points, pointing out the the point that it's making, and saying how that's uh, some form of toxic masculinity, and it's going to uh, destroy oh, yeah. our society, et cetera, et cetera. And just you know, one one article on on Vice or Vox or whatever, and the, the, then it gets Bradbird gets shut down. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, you're right. There was no uh, Vox or or uh, BuzzFeed. Uh, when that first movie came out, how, how lucky! Yeah. How lucky for us! <laughs> how lucky for us! <laughs> but but barring uh, barring some reset button, some annihilation. Um, yes. Do you th- and uh, you know going down the route of socialism or, or something adjacent to that? What sort of dystopia yeah. do you see being the most uh, realistic to? You know where we're heading right now. What what do you think is the most believable? So I'm thinking something like a 1984 wow. or a V for Vendetta or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think we're I think we're you know we're we're very uh, getting very close to uh, uh, you know the 1984 thing. Um, and again, as we you know talked about earlier, it's it's a it's been a creeping uh, advancement of things. I mean, look look what's happened. I mean, uh, political correctness has has absolutely killed. Comedy. Oh goodness gracious! Right? Yeah, nobody can, nobody can do or say what they want. When a guy like Seinfeld won't even play comedy, yeah, college the safest comedian anymore. ever. Be- the safest, exactly. Uh, I mean, who? I mean, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh my God! But he, even he can't. Um, you know, it's killed comedy. It's killed uh, a lot of literature. It's killing um, uh, much of of entertainment. Um, and so. I don't know where it's all going to to net out. It's um, people people when it, when things are you know it's like the, the the frog in the frying pan you know when the heat is turned up slowly he doesn't jump out and that's what's been going on now for quite some time. Um, I think the only I, all I see is I see the situation worsening. I see a kind of a, a, a you know a, a future of. Of uh, a lot of people claim that Civil War II has already begun, and I, I think I'd, I'd go along with that. It's just that the shots haven't been fired yet. But in terms of of ideology and and the media and so forth, the, the nation has never been more divided, and that could that could linger on for a damn long time. And if it does, it's going to ruin this nation. It's not doing it any good. Um, and then barring. The only thing that's going to really, really reset something, reset the nation, the the, uh, the direction of it, um, or thought processes, is uh, some cataclysmic event, some some whopping plague, or 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 a World War Three, or a meteor strike, something like that. Uh, because what's that old adage? Was it uh, 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 soft times make soft men, or something like yeah. that? But if you think about it, America has you know America has really been in the lap of luxury for a long damn time, and so much of the world, unfortunately, wakes up in the morning and thinks, you know, where am I going to eat? Where am I going to gl- get a glass of clean water? Where am I going to take a leak? Really. 
And these these are not, these are not questions for anyone in the United States unless they choose to to be that way. And so our priorities have become so twisted um, that all we're worried about now is being offended. You know that offends. I don't like what you said. And now it's really trans. It's it's uh, it's uh, transcended what you said. It's people are are getting pissed off because they don't like the way people look at them. Right? Don't we see stories like that um, in the media pretty what, uh, often? I don't Nicholas like Sandman and a smirk, the Covington kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, right there, you go. Yes, perfect. The, the, he gave me hate face, and he actually he was smiling at the guy. He wasn't even snarling. No. It's beyond belief. It's the most not event what has ever. ever, 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 and it won't be the last. I, you know, you think then a Ricky Gervais comes along and he lays it down as he did, uh, very ably. I thought the guy was hysterical. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he will embolden others to uh to to you know open their kimono and show how they really feel about all the bullshit that's going on i don't know you can only hope Wait, uh, referring to the uh, golden globes yes okay i i uh i miss or i just heard people complain about him i don't know what he actually oh said he was or, hysterical uh, he what controversy there you know was. he's sitting there in a room full of multi multi-millionaires probably some of the most fortunate people on the face of the planet and he kind of just called them on their bullshit you know like uh he did uh, he he mentioned uh uh epstein and he said yeah yeah i know you're all friends of his <laughs> and and uh and some of the you know so like leo was he 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 bashed leo but leo laughed uh i saw gwyneth paltrow Good. laughing um but uh, then uh, tom hanks was just on his face was on continuous cringe for the entire <laughs> for the entire uh, monologue um, I'll have to look up clips. Yeah, of this. Oh, you should check it out on YouTube. It's hysterical. And so people were, you know, people were outraged. Gee, wow, that's new. That's fresh. <laughs> but, you know, Ricky's worth north of $100 million. So, you know, if his career ends today, I don't think it's going to matter. Um, people, the rest of the world isn't that fortunate. But but I think, I think there are people, every, I, I don't think I know, there are people in all walks of American business who are biting their tongues and sitting on their hands and not saying what they think because they're terrified of getting canned. And it's, you know, it's the company's faults too. I mean, look at how many, the price of entry to many jobs is, we want to see your social media. You know, well, really? <laughs> uh, piss in a glass, show us your, your posts. It's pretty awful what's happened to this country. It really is. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and there's... um. Yeah, I want to step back mm. a second. So, uh, I want to talk more about the, the America being in the lap of luxury. Yes. America having, uh, you know, such such softness of living. Yes. And I want to go back to actually uh, 1984, okay. where there's the the in the novel there's the the premise that, and I've seen this in other pieces of media too, where there's the premise that they're always at war with someone, right. and that makes the citizens appreciate scarcity and the, and the, like they're being protected and that you know at any moment they could lose and something could go right. wrong and whatever it, it makes them appreciate that and it helps the you know peace and helps them not have that that sense of um uh, complacency yes. uh but i i now now that you uh you know you're talking about the the uh, how america's been for however many decades um looking at even let's say let's just say the last 20 years mm -hmm. let's start with 9-11 and look at uh, having soldiers uh, i guess even before then but yes. let's say since then in in the middle east and uh you know uh, with North Korea and Iran always threatening nuclear, right. uh, threatening having nuclear weapons and missiles and whatnot, and um, even just a few weeks ago, where uh, with Iran and their missile strikes and uh, us assassinating their their general, where 
there's uh, it's a media spectacle event. It's sensationalized media, right. but that's all it is. Even even though we're always uh, you know quote unquote at war with someone, <laughs> it's not there. There's no real threat. It's not right. like unlike 1984. It's not creating that scarcity, creating that appreciation for uh, you know there not being war on the home soil or whatever. <clears throat> um, so that, I just want to see if you agree with me that um, effectively 1984 was incorrect with that. Uh, that commentary or that um, that idea that it that it brought forth and um, that yeah that that just isn't what's happening well, with America that's that's not how things actually yeah operate. well I guess what you're saying is I mean the 1984 situation was a manufactured yeah boogie, yeah pretty much correct is that what we're talking yeah yeah um, you know but people you know, people will always manufacture their own okay men won't they I mean that's what they've done in Iran that's what they, I mean and uh, the, the clown in North Korea is no more a threat than than those clowns in Iran you know they're paper tigers they're, they're sable saber rattling tools um, they're lightweights um, but people will always do that and I think that a part of that is I think that as a requirement, uh, I was doing somebody else's podcast <laughs> last week, and they said, you know, how would you fix the educational system? And I'd say, you know, part of it should be for every every male student um, before he graduates from grammar school should be required to sustain one good punch to the face. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Because okay, because what you've got now, you've got, you've got um, you have have so many politicians. Uh, in 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 Washington and elsewhere, uh, making policy on military uh, uh, military issues uh, and combat issues, who have never ever in their lives participated in so much as a schoolyard scuffle, and I don't care where they got their degrees from or how many they've got on the wall, unless you have at some point in life been involved in some type of a violent altercation. Okay, you are not qualified to speak to those issues on any it, level. Yeah, and I think it's the, any oh. level. Now, I'm not a pugilist. I'm not a. I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a tough guy. Okay, but there are a few times growing up where you know I got in. I got in fisticuffs with other kids, and it sort of alters your perception about how it works. It really isn't like it. I don't even. I don't like violence. I like. I like watching some of it. I like. I like good uh, uh, prize fighting and so forth. I'm a big fight fan, but I don't really like participating in in it, and I won't unless I have to. But there are so many people who have no concept whatsoever of even what the smallest piece of violence feels like and they're they're dictating policy for the nation it's yeah that's um i think the last couple presidential elections are there the uh the last um or i guess with trump especially it's the uh it's been the case that most of the candidates at this point do not have any military background and previously that was that was a huge point or something that no. uh, people really liked it's something that that um you know was a, a big point in favor of a oh, yeah. presidential candidate that they had a military background and that they um, you know, serve their yeah. country and had they knew what war was like. They knew what it was like to be out there uh, in in some extent, um, and that gives them perspective. And uh, even us on a, a smaller scale example, I'm thinking something like um, uh, out what the Berkeley professor with the bike lock. Um, if if that person, yeah, yeah, if that if that, oh, that individual yeah. knew what it was like <laughs> to uh, be to be punched. Oh, wait a second, let me move my cat to the ground. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see him. He's an enormous and adorable cat. 
Uh, he's uh, a handsome devil. Look at him. <laughs> um, but if, if that individual knew what it was like to be punched, I think they would hesitate before inflicting worse violence than that oh, yeah. on someone else. I, I think, yeah, that's... Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, President like Trump, totally who doesn't right. have a military background, right. he may be uh, you know, much less averse to violence or military action than someone who does or or he might be you know uh, more hesitant about it but he doesn't have that little bit of perspective that i think you're saying is yeah, very important very well i think trump though did attend some type of okay. paramilitary school his high school because there are pictures of and in most of those places at some point you have to sort of you know get in a ring even with complete uh you know, headgear and everything and kind of mix it up with somebody else. So you get at least a taste of it. That's how it used to work. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's had, a, you know, a, a couple of dust ups in his life just just to get a taste of it. But I think if, if it's someone who's never had any whatsoever, they've got no business, you know, dipping their toes in those pools at all. It's terrible. So it is. But you look at back at, you know, some of our greatest guys were the, you're right, they were the, the presidents with the military backgrounds. And, the, and you know, the most prescient of all would have been Ike with his, with his statement. Who, the guy was, a, what, a five-star general, practically won World War II. Beware the military-industrial complex. Man, if anybody should have known, he did. And he said yeah. so. And that's, uh, you know, that's something we need to um, be careful of looking at the future. And that's, that's something you, you mentioned uh, that, you know, people are arguing yeah. we're in a the second civil war has already started and that we're approaching world war three or something. But what, what do you think yeah. about a second cold war? Do you think that that's possible? Do you think what's already started? Well, um, yeah, I think, I think the cold war is, is probably, uh, you know, gearing up, but it's it, in, you know, it could always, uh, it could always, uh, trip over the, the line into, into combat. But right now the, the, the combat is, is okay. economic. You know, look at this, the whole China thing. China, Germany, uh, look at the Brexit and the EU. The, you know, it's, all, it's all about money. And at some point, if, if, if money no longer matters in, in terms of solving conflict or whatever, then, of course, it could always burst into, into actual people throwing ordnance instead of uh, trade sanctions and so forth. You know, the, the bottom line is people, people have never changed since the dawn of time and they never will and there will always be wars there will always be people are tribal by nature they're always going to band together they're always going to want to shit on somebody else or take something somebody else has that they want um and the, the really again the fools the bernies of the world the marxes okay they deny this they always deny human nature definitely don't yeah they? right the 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 very premise of the, you know, even my damn dog um, will bury a bone. He's got his stuff, his stuff that he feels belongs to him and he puts it in his corner and he doesn't want to share it with people unless he unless he's of a mind to do so. And if you try to take it from him, he's going to be pretty pissed off about that. And that's the way most people are as well. Whereas, you know, the starry eyed true believers in the cult of Marx think, you know, kumbaya. No, it doesn't work like that. Does yeah, there's a difference like between uh, being a regular capitalist entrepreneur, entrepreneurial individual, and living in a society, and you know, contributing to a, you know a society, and being a socialist, and not even be not yes. having anything to yourself effectively. Yeah, yeah, and it's always they're always they're always uh, hypocrites. I mean, Bernie owns three residences. You know, he's yeah, worth that's... several million dollars. I mean, huh? Really? Is that so? <laughs> yeah, it is. I thought there was some big uh, uh, fallout after, um, what was it, back in the 2016 election cycle where uh, I think it was after he was uh, forced out or dropped out of the race that, that that it all come out and everyone 
you know, kind of lost faith in him or felt like he was a hypocrite then. But everyone yeah. seems to have forgotten about that. They and that's, do. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not, not sure what to think about that or if uh, that'll ever come up again or um, yeah. if people even uh, really care about that. Uh, I'll just say hypocrisy. It is. It's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I guess a, a side comment, I'll say uh, working for a military uh, contractor, um, I will say they're, you know, that ourselves and Russia and China are definitely, you know, prepping for uh, whether or not they, they intend to go at it. They're definitely prepping for uh, military conflict, not just economic conflict. Okay. So you would but, know um, better than I. <laughs> and I and I believe you. I do. Yeah, um, I think the, yeah. the Office of Naval Intelligence released a, uh, a video to the public not too long ago saying, or, yeah. uh, uh, commenting and saying that we're in a second Cold War now. So, and, okay. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I'll I don't disagree. Much. No. It's, uh, you know, it's a slow start. It's not as, um, it's not the same as the first one, but, uh, you know, there's, there, there's definitely uh, some, some form of uh, arms and economic race going on. Oh, absolutely. And it's, and, and I think the, um, you know, over time, it's going to be the sort of the spirit of the culture that will determine the victor, okay? And I say that because of, of something I saw a few years ago. My daughter, um, at her high school, they had one of these cultural exchange type evenings where, you know, her high school hosted a, a similar school from mainland China. And okay. so... Okay, so you had these, you know, the, 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 the California kids, they gave piano recitals, they did some dance, they did guitar stuff, they did acapella singing, and they were wonderful. I mean, they were just, they were great. It was a pleasure to watch them. And then yeah. the kids from China did a similar thing with their spin on it, and they were also wonderful, okay? But <laughs> the, the kids from China had one more uh, act to their show. Then they came out and... Probably there was probably close to twenty of them for their martial arts demonstration. Oh, okay, my God, I was just drop jawed. It was like watching Jet Li meets Bruce Lee meets Sonny Chiba. I mean, they, they were unbelievable. The boys and the girls. The, the the they were quick. They were lightning. They could move. They could. I mean, it was it was extraordinary how good they were. Okay. And then they got some polite applause, and the evening was over. And on the way out of the uh, the theater, I said to one of the administrators of my daughter's school, "Hey, the, those those kids are amazing. Is, is there is there like a martial arts thing we have? Is there something we're doing like that?" And the the guy looked at me like like I called him a douchebag, and he made a face and said, "That's not who we are." And I I wanted to say, well. You're a fucking moron. Oh goodness, great. Okay. okay, that's that's not who we are. Not a comment like we we don't have the resources or there hasn't been no. expressed enough interest. No, no, that's not who we are. Just that's speaking for the whole student are. body, the whole whole community. Exactly, that's not who we are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. that's then that's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'll be thinking about <laughs> that because I'm not sure what to take from it right now. But yeah. uh, even just like, yeah. Okay. I'll be thinking about that. Yeah, but okay. Back to back to China. Speaking of that, okay. um, I want to touch on uh, I want to touch on the situation in Hong Kong. What do you What do you think about that? Whether it be from the uh, police violence, a mm -hmm. the protests, what they're fighting for, or the whole economic side of it. Whether it be yeah. uh, Blizzard or Disney or uh, the NBA or something. <laughs> uh, sometimes economically siding with Hong Kong over. Uh, yeah. Or I'm uh, sorry, sorry, siding with China over Hong Kong or the yes. U.S. What 
what is your whole take on that situation right now? And where, where do you see it going in the next, uh, let's say, year or two? Gee, I, I, you know, I, I really don't, I couldn't tell you where it's going to go. Of course, my, you know, on the face of it, my sentiments are very much with those protesters, you know, people on the side of freedom and liberty. Um, it was a shame that Hong Kong was ever uh, handed over as they did. Um, I remember when that happened and thinking, boy, that's, that's really a bad idea, but it happened anyway. Um, I don't know where it's going to, I don't know where it's going to net out. Um, you know, if do you eventually, think the U.S. is going to. Uh, do you think the U.S. is going to stand with them in any significant way? No. Okay, that's yeah. No. No, that that's uh, one of the big questions, and I I think I agree with you because they've uh, no. kind of turned some sort of blind eye uh, yeah. towards a lot of the situation. A lot of the news coverage has been uh, uh, cursory at best. Um, sure. They've passed one or two things in Congress with a. I think with um, some symbolic uh, support of Hong Kong, but it's yeah. it's pretty much that it's symbolic. Yeah. And um, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, and you. So you don't know exactly where you think it's going to go. Do you think? Do you think that if that situation escalates, or if China kind of uh, forcibly um, annexes Hong Kong, or some uh, through some military action, right. do you think that could be enough to uh, uh, provoke, you know, some military action on the U.S. side or and the the side of the Western world? Uh, I I don't I I don't see that uh, happening. Uh, and and you know, in another even in in another age. It probably there would have there there would have been no overt answer to that, but you could have rest assured there would have been some covert answer to it. They'd have been shipping over, you know, CIA spooks by the plane load to help those kids with their cause. But you know, it seems like those guys aren't interested in that anymore either. When you've got you know card carrying commies like Comey and Brennan uh, heading up the top every top of our intelligence outfits you know they'll go over there and help uh help the uh the government um so no i don't see that happening that's a shame okay let's it is uh, a shame. got a little bit of time left let's uh let's cover i guess the last, last couple important topics um quick i guess quick quick uh take from you you've talked a lot about doomsday yes. you you've expressed a, a big interest yes. in that the, the whole reset button uh, on a practical <laughs> level, what is your? Uh, do you have any updated doomsday prepping list? Whether it be, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, whether it be a, a you know characteristic personality, or ha- yeah, what to train yeah. in, or what to collect and you know yeah. actually pre- actually prep with. What is a, you know, what what are you doing there? What do you what do you suggest doing there? You know, um, I think the 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 dooms. I don't think, I think the doomsday scenario is survivable by ones who are adequately adequately equipped and trained, but only for uh, a a kind of relatively brief window of time. You know, um, if, if things go, things go sideways and, uh, what's the, uh, what is it? Just shit hits the fan. That's isn't it? STHF, (laughs) you know, uh, or what is it? Boogaloo, whatever, electric boogaloo. Um, you know, if it, if it's, if it's, um, you know, if it really goes sideways for, say, I don't know, three, four weeks, five weeks, maybe six weeks at the outside, somebody that's well prepped, who's got their stuff together, who has enough guns and ammo and, and proper food and a defensible home and so forth, will probably emerge relatively unscathed. But if it is a complete implosion of our society and it goes on for six months to a year, I don't think anybody, everybody's doomed. You know, it's be, it's going to be, you know, ongoing anarchy. 
Um, I don't think anybody, maybe there's some jillionaire with a, you know, a bomb shelter in New Zealand or something who can wait that out. But even a guy that's got the right provisions and prep and kind of knows what he's doing after a amount of time, when, when you get into it, I mean, you know, how are you going to power yourself? Uh, you know, gasoline gunks up after six months. And uh, where, where are you going to get what, what you need when everything just goes sideways? And let, again, if some guy, I guess, is completely off the grid somewhere, those will be the survivors. But they sure as hell better be far out there and undetectable. Because in time, somebody's going to come along that's going to want what you've got. You know? Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. That's... um. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at, too, is uh, whether it's the people off the grid or the preppers who are going to survive yeah. better in that situation. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, another quick question. What is your take on, uh, I guess, what, what is your take on how climate change will affect the next uh. generation? Or do, do, you, do you have any take on whether or not that'll be a big issue coming up in the next 50 years or if that yeah. will uh, drastically affect our society and economies? Um, I think it all depends on what... Uh what regime uh, gets to run run things you know um the whole climate change situation you know it's i think a lot of it is 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 a is a construct um and is the the climate's always been changing i mean in, in the 70s um they were screaming about uh, a coming ice age and somehow then it became of global warming and then global warming became climate change and now climate change really isn't climate change anymore is it it's it's climate crisis it's climate catastrophe i've seen a climate justice that one's really rich climate huh, justice okay. like that the earth is uh, no i haven't so oh, it's yeah. like taking its revenge on humans <laughs> i don't know i don't know what exactly that means but uh, you, if you google it you're going to see a lot of hits climate I'll, justice i'll do that after, i'll do that oh, yeah. i'm off with you okay yeah so um it's, 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 it's a lot of it is, is crap and nonsense. It, it is a, uh, a weapon really used to, uh, uh, to, to advance a political agenda. So, I mean, everybody, I mean, I've got kids. I want clean water. I want clean air. I want clean oceans. I, I want all that stuff. I'm very much in favor of that. Um, and you know, but I don't see how um, the kind of light bulb I use or uh, has any impact on that really significantly. And I'm sure as hell not going to start paying Al Gore or anybody else carbon credits, <laughs> um, you know, if I want to run my toaster oven, so on and so forth. Um, it's, you know, I think it's just part and parcel of the whole, it's another part of the, the ideology of the left. Um, and climate change is kind of a, it's kind of a new religion. You know, a lot of it is very, very sort of, Religious, religiosity, if you will, it's religious based. Really, when you look at it, it's a replacement for conventional religions. You know, the whole green thing. I mean, every every uh, every progressive movement is a replacement for conventional uh, religion. Honestly, it is. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. You nah, yeah, but I'm, I'm interested to see where um you know how climate change or how uh, policy affects our daily lives because of climate change. Because yeah. I'm just, so well, just, well, let me uh, ask you, you oh, are, yes. you are in your what? Mid twenties, late twenties or I'm 24. Yes. 24. Early. Okay. You're yeah, early twenties. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the term had not been coined when I was in school. Um, but certainly what was it like for you in high school and college? How, how much was your curriculum infused with climate change preaching? Um, it wasn't too bad curriculum wise, uh, just because of 
I guess the classes I took, but um, just on a, on a personal level, whether it's talking to professors or talking to coworkers and whatnot, there is a universal, um, or I have experienced a relatively universal uh, you know, fear of what climate change is going to cause or, or concern about it and um, how we need to make drastic changes right now. Um, so that's you know, that's what I've grown up around. Uh, I grew up in a Republican household and whatnot, so um, along with that comes some skepticism of the, yeah. the climate change agenda. Uh, right. So that's, uh, I guess, fortunate or not, at least I'm um, not sold on it immediately. Uh, so I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's that's you know the world I've grown in, grown up in. I always like when you were growing up. You said uh, '70s. They were talking about some some impending ice age. Yeah, yeah. It was you know, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was kind of something would pop up from time to time. It wasn't a constant drone. As it is now, I mean, yeah, you know, and and then people and even and then people would kind of shoot it down and say, no, no wait a minute, uh, you know, the, the climate is always changing. It absolutely is. There's no question. Um, and who's to say what's what's next? I'll tell you something interesting. A friend of mine does a podcast that I like a lot. His name is Darren O'Neill, and he does a show called RandomThoughts.com, and he came up okay. with a really fascinating take on this. You know, Al Gore is arguably, if not the the father of the climate change thing, he certainly popularized it as no one else ever has, okay? Yes. And Al is a, is a hustler and an asshole. And, <laughs> and he, you know, he, back in the 80s, he and his wife, now ex-wife, Tipper, uh, the cause du jour then was he was out to save the children from rock and roll, okay? And okay. He, okay, and he was a senator at the time, and he was sponsoring all kinds of legislation that was going to crack down on evil people like, uh, you know, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister and Frank Zappa and uh, uh, ACDC, any, you name it, you name the, yeah, uh, yeah. the act, okay? And his argument was that all these then CDs had to be labeled, you know, with big, big red exclamation points or skulls and crossbones saying, and warning, this is toxic to your children. And then, and, and so as always with, with their um, <clears throat> agenda, they usually they, they use kids as a tool. And so Al's, Al's whole uh, uh, viewpoint was these these songs have to be uh, have to be censored. They have to be pre-screened because we're hurting the children. We're terrifying the children. He played all these cuts of you know Ozzy Osbourne and so forth with things saying how you know it's very nihilistic. A lot of the death metal and so forth was he, yeah, he claimed it was contributing to to the need for child therapy and suicides. Blah 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 blah, etc. Right. Yet only you know barely two decades later. Um, he is now the or the prophet of doom from from climate change. He so so if it so right so if it's rock it was it was very bad for rockers to be scaring kids, but Al with the weather that's just fucking fine, no problem. That's just there. science. Okay, that's just science. So and and you know I've never seen anybody uh, t find that take on it, but my my pal Darren I thought it was pretty brilliant and it really 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 exposes that hustler for what he is oh that's classic yeah that's that's just hilarious thing about the the irony there okay that's good um and i i uh i agree that it's climate change has definitely become a um ever-present topic and yeah I was, I was thinking about it because it just came up in the news today with the uh that international economics conference thing that trump's at over in europe davos uh, yeah today to, yeah davos yeah today is they were talking about climate change and right. how to tailor economies not to ruin the climate or something, something, something. but mm -hmm. it's coming up there. It's, uh, 
there's going to be some policy from that probably or some something coming out of that probably affecting uh you know our lives our economies um, mm-hmm. uh, our regulations and that's um yeah it's it's well, become present in everything yeah well you know the, the other thing that's really fascinating with this is there's there's so much chicanery and hucksterism uh, associated with the topic for instance i you know, I've read and seen some things that are pretty, pretty convincing that, for instance, Tesla automobiles over the life of the car have a far more negative uh, impact on, on the environment than a, 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 a properly functioning internal combustion uh, yeah. driven car. Okay. You, rare earth metals they have to dig out to make them. Then they get, how do they get rid okay. of all that shit when they're, you know, at the end of the life of the vehicle and so forth. But nobody's, nobody's looking at that. Nobody cares about, oh, I'm driving an electric car. They know, where's that electricity coming from? A lot of it's coming from coal, coal fired uh, power that plants. Too. Yeah. It's not going to okay? be better then. It's not going to be better. Um, yet, if the, if you really, if they really cared, if the, the, what's the answer to freedom from fossil fuels? There's only one. Nuclear, not, yeah, exactly. But they don't Nuclear want that. Power. They don't want that. And curiously, hey, you're a you're a naval guy. Okay, question for you. Yeah. We we have tell all me, the nuclear tell, powered stuff in the U.S. We have the subs and aircraft carriers. That's for the company sixty I for. fucking years or more. Yep. Right? How many guys have died? How many guys have? And they I've read studies. That's the least know, dangerous done, thing on a submarine. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no no higher rate of cancer among those swabbies than the general populace, and they're riding around on nuclear reactors. All god damn year long wow i guess i guess the navy kind of has that cat skin they have figured it out but nobody wants to give them credit do they and nobody wants to say hey (laughs) you know why cars cars should be running on nuclear power why not why not yeah however we can implement it it has the opportunity to be implemented well that's uh I mean, it's just a whole big marketing yeah. scheme. Why they don't, or what is some exactly. some big propaganda piece? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how it came down that. But uh, my my uh, dad's an engineer, worked in energy his whole career, and right. um, so I, I've uh, fortunately grown up uh, with the, I guess, being enlightened to the magic of nuclear power. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know really. I don't know really how our society got to where it is now, and having such such a fear of certain things, whether you know, it be climate change or nuclear power, and nuclear <sighs> nuclear power, you can primarily blame Hollywood for that yeah okay. yeah oh absolutely because um in this in the 70s um there was a movie that came out starring michael douglas okay and um and jane fonda okay and it was called china syndrome and it was hmm. about a fictional meltdown at a, at a nuke power plant i forget where it was okay and it was kind of you know, it was was an okay movie wasn't wasn't horrible wasn't great but i think like within days of it opening or something, you had the Three Mile Island uh, nuclear incident back in Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. So it was like heaven sent and holy shit, suddenly this movie became enormous. Okay. People were lining up to see it. And that sort of set the tone for nuclear power and suddenly all kinds of nuclear programs were shut down people are screaming we've got it we've got to stop this it's going to kill us all people are painting skulls and crossbones on every everything uh, nuclear related and you know if you if you if you trace it back that film is primarily responsible for the negative perceptions most people have of nuclear power I mean that that entirely makes sense, and it's uh, it's horrifying how that just a uh, butterfly butterfly expanded out of control from yeah. that one film and just happened yes. to coincide with a real event around then. Oh my goodness, goodness yeah. gracious! Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, this is this is why we need to learn history so we can uh, you know, be aware <laughs> of the root causes of some of these uh, generally held social beliefs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's let's close it out with a, uh, a final question. Uh, yes. Just get, getting back to you, your podcast, the whole mantra of take no shit. Yes. And, yeah, you and your dojo. Yes. In our changing world, in in our world going uh, off the off the edge in in every uh, every possible way, mm-hmm. how do you uh, you know how do you take no shit? How what what is your advice? What is your recommendation to live in this world and not compromise your values? Uh, it's very difficult, um, very very difficult. The only thing I would I mean the the most basic. Um, Corollary to keep in mind would be one I heard as a as a kid probably in early high school. <laughs> okay, that was you know I'm sure you've heard it. Life is like a shit sandwich. The uh, the more bread you got, the less shit you got to eat. <laughs> okay, Actually, I don't know if I've heard that one. Let's well, now on. you have. Now you yeah. have. And my advice is, you know, unless you can unless you can become uh, financially independent. Um, as early as possible, you are pretty much doomed to uh, to taking some significant measure of shit through your life. I recently interviewed John McAfee, which was yep. a, an absolute hoot. And and that guy, I I, I told him that he has a clearly a, a tenth degree black belt in the art of not taking shit. The guy has been he's told half a dozen governments to fuck off. Um, he's got you know the the, the United States government, but big factions of it after him um it's it's pretty amazing but you know again you know i think he's pretty well fixed i don't know what his his net worth is some people say 100 million but even if it's 50 he's doing better than i have Uh, (laughs) and that that certainly helps not taking shit so so that's and his his away from the economic uh a portion of the equation, he said something that is absolutely true, and I would uh, I would second his his opinion, and that is at the first moment, people start giving you shit, you have to lay it down and call them on it immediately, because it will only build and build, and you will find yourself being a doormat very quickly. So you have to it's it's absolutely a nip it in the bud situation, no matter no matter what it is. That's my advice to to everyone. That's phenomenal advice, and I'd, I'd recommend anyone listening too to go check out uh, go check out the interview with John McAfee. That's um, they got a podcast version, a video version out on the Patreon, and uh, bonus yes. episode content coming out soon on the Patreon, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah. that's uh, what patreon.com slash that Larry Show. Patreon.com uh, or just go to thatlarryshow.com, yes. and all the all the buttons are in there for subscriptions and Patreon and everything, and all kinds of good stuff like that. Yes. Great, great. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for uh, spending a good hour with me uh, talking about all this fun doomsday stuff. <laughs> it is all fun. It really is. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Josh. This has been a blast. You made an, you made an hour clock by like 10 minutes, man. You're very good at this. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be very successful in this, really. Thank so you. you thank play. you. I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Nah, it's the most fun topic to talk about and pick people's brain, brains about, I think. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with Doomsday, ever. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anything else you'd like to plug other than uh, thatlarryshow.com? Um, gee whiz, that's about it. You know, um, I'm going to, uh, trying to do now, because of in all my episodes, I never had any any guests because I'm such a windbag myself, but I couldn't resist uh, McAfee. So what I'm going to try to do moving forward is one interview with somebody per month. 
Um, I don't know the, who the next one will be, but uh, as soon as I do, you'll know. You can people can check me on them and uh, uh, can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all the same thing. That Larry Show. Um, and, you know, I'll let you know. Looking forward to whoever the next person. A couple of people I'm considering um, reached out to, and we'll see. Should be fun. I'm excited. The McAfee one was excellent. A lot of fun. Yeah, he's a wild he's man. Such, such a character. Oh, my gosh. Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and that's a wrap. Thank you for listening, and Thank good you, night. Josh. God bless.